From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Welcome in. So much to talk about. We won't waste time. We're going to get right to it. Ryan, Georgia has a new basketball coach since our last podcast. The national champion Bulldog football team is getting ready for practice number two today. And Georgia Pro Day. Uh, I think uh, about four NFL head coaches uh, yesterday went off. Great. We're going to have uh, Kevin Brockway to talk about Mike White. He covered Florida basketball for nearly 15 seasons, including the first few seasons under White to get his impression on the white hire to Georgia. First, I need to check on and make sure that you're okay. How are you doing with Freddie Freeman now with the Dodgers? I think we're going to talk about other things. Uh, you know, I'm fine with it. First off, you're not wearing green. It's St. Patty's Day, so I uh, should be pinching. My wife was in green today. If, if it wasn't against company I'm, policy. I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not, didn't, you have, didn't you write about green beer or something? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you should go to online Athens. See where you can drink green beer in Athens today. Uh but the Freddie Freeman deal, I'm okay with that. I think they got a equally good talent. And, uh, you know, they got a heck of a deal for him, uh, you know, as far as signing him to a long-term contract with Matt Olson. So I'm not too heartbroken. I don't I don't think uh, too many Braves fans will be in the next uh, few years either. Well, maybe from a baseball standpoint, I think there's certain, certainly a, an emotional attachment. What about what about uh, Jock Peterson? you okay with that? That one hurt. No. <laughs> No, good for Jock. I mean, uh, obviously, he he helped the Braves last year, too. Uh, and if you notice, I'm, I'm drinking out of my Braves World Series mug right now. So, uh, still, uh, you know, I think there's uh, still world championships ahead for the Braves. Hey, as we uh, record this, uh, March Madness uh, in earnest is about to begin. Uh, not the first four games, but the Thursday, uh, what is it, 12 noon to like midnight uh, nonstop yeah. basketball. In fact, it's 12 noon right now as we record this, so we're, we're going to miss uh, a little bit of the first couple games here. Well, I mean, we're not doing a three-hour podcast oh, here. Oh, man, I, yeah, i got to pull it up. It's been a long time, seven years since I was in Charlotte to see Georgia-Michigan State at uh, the the uh, arena that Michael Jordan calls home now, I guess, right? Um, yeah. It's about time the Bulldogs get back there. That's a long time, but... The Lady Bulldogs are there. They'll be playing tomorrow night in Ames, Iowa, I believe it is, mm-hmm. against Dayton. Who throttled, uh, was it St. Paul last or St. Uh, Paul. You know what I mean. You're, you're sticking St. Paul's girl beer. Come I, on. I think I am. Uh, St. Uh, That's called DePaul. DePaul. There we go. Yeah. All right. We'll get to that later. Ryan, it's uh, been eight days since our last podcast. And since then, well, actually, eight days ago, Tom Crean was still Georgia's basketball coach. Yeah. But this uh, has turned out like you expected, right? You you said that they were going to go get a, a Florida Gator. That was a shock. I, I won't I won't lie. I mean, uh, that was not a name on anybody's list. Vegas didn't have him on their uh, odds list. And uh, when I saw it popping up uh, around the, the the rumors, and of course you were on it as well. That was a uh, it was a shock. All right. Right now, I'm going to tell you that uh, you're incorrect with that. I'm going to show you here on my computer. I got a list here of uh, about 40 names I came up with. Wow. And uh, look at this. Right here. Look at this. Okay. okay. Come here. Come here. Come here. All right. Where is this on this list? One, two. It's about 10 down. 
And, and why why did you think that? I mean, what what made you think? Well, that? here's here's how I did my list. Uh-huh. Now I didn't put him in my list of like I think I had eight or nine coaches that I, I said Georgia, um, you know, would would be on their radar. Um, I looked at coaches that have NCAA tournament history that <clears throat> are attainable, mm-hmm. not. Not the you know the North Carolina coach, although he he's not <laughs> the one that's he probably might have been attainable. I don't, he's in the NCAA tournament in yeah. year one, uh, Hubert Davis. But you know, not not guys. You're not going to go get uh, you know the Kansas coach. You're not going to go get the new hot Texas coach. Uh, just more attainable and and uh, knowing that uh, probably not well appreciated anymore at, at Florida. Mike White was, but I, I thought it would be a hard sell to the fan base to hire a coach directly from Florida. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and a, a program that hadn't had that success. Now, that's probably part of the reason that Mike White might have wanted to get out of there was because of the, the pressure that came with following Billy Donovan down there. But still, it, you know, you think of, of building this program back up, you think of the you know mid-majors like a Murray State or as we lobbied for, I lobbied for uh, in, a, in a column and, and on this podcast for, for Jonas Hayes, you know, a former Bulldog. Who, Jonas Hayes currently, as we speak, is a head coach at Xavier, is. interim You're head right. coach. You're right. Uh, playing the Florida Gators on Sunday. Oh, what a, what a uh, NIT second round what game. What a storyline there. But, you know, the more I've thought about this, the more I've come around to, you know what, this, this might be a good hire. I mean, this is a guy clearly – knows the the recruiting uh, grounds that you know it takes to to build an SEC program hopefully has better success around Atlanta and uh, you know he he was good with Florida when you look back on it and uh, I just think people didn't see him see him taking uh, Florida to the level that Billy Donovan was but not many could when you say he was good at Florida he was good for a Georgia coach at Florida in that he beat Georgia 12 out of no, 15 no 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 what I'm saying is that to follow Billy Donovan and get to one Elite Eight in seven seasons and then not get to an Elite Eight since year two, yeah, that's probably not and, – and not get past, I think it's the second round, um, and then trending downward with an NIT. Uh, you know, obviously they had um, – you know, what their, their star player was lost last season and, and was on the bench this year, Kante Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, my take, and I wrote about it on Sunday night, posted Monday – it's a safe hire. There's a higher floor for him than there would be for some of the mid-major guys. I think that you don't know necessarily how would they translate over. Dennis Felton didn't translate very well mm-hmm. from Western Kentucky. And I think it's potentially a higher ceiling you know, than Mark Fox took this program, which was get to the first round and not get past it. Two appearances in nine seasons. Certainly Tom Crean didn't get close to the NCAA tournament with Georgia in his four seasons. So, um, you know, Making it annually every year to the NCAA, uh, or, or pretty much making it annually every year to the NCAA tournament, that was sort of the expectation for Tom Crean because Mark Fox had taken them, you know, to the bubble territory. Yeah. And you don't hear that now with this hire that, you know, I think the bar has been lowered to a certain extent because you're coming off a 1 1 SEC season. Eesh. So, you know, there's no timeline for how long it should take him to get to the tournament. Maybe the transfer portal can work some magic. Maybe there's guys on this team that they can develop more and get more out of. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But we'll, uh, would I have gone with Dennis Gates at Cleveland State or the Murray State coach, Matt McMahon? Um, not sure. I mean, you have to really view that as, um, you know, a, a definite win. And, and they, uh, Josh Brooks, obviously, he said he was kind of swinging for 
the fences type thing with with uh, with white. So, um, well, my first thought, you know, is uh, this is a guy who's clearly had um, experience with the transfer portal and and with the way that the game is nowadays. Obviously, last year Georgia was killed by it, and as we talked last week. You know what was the cause of that? Is that the you know the system that or the the foundation or whatever that Tom Crean had that wasn't you know wasn't going well? wasn't uh, what the players had uh, had hoped for or whatever? Uh, so you know you bring in a guy who brought in several guys to Florida last year and uh, can you know work that portal and maybe bring in some some guys to at least uh, hold the fort so to speak uh, early that are maybe a little better than what Georgia brought in this year. And then uh, he could start building, you know, a foundation around Atlanta. Uh, you know, all those AAU teams in Atlanta that have top talent that seem to end up at Auburn or Kentucky or any of those places that uh, Mike White really needs to keep here at, in, in Athens. So I, I see I see the point. I see where, where my, um, Josh Brooks was coming from when he, when he made the hire. And, hey, we'll see. You know, give the guy a chance and uh, – and uh, you know, like you said, if, if he can get Georgia smelling an NCAA tournament in, in a year or two, uh, you know, that's that's a very positive progress. And then who knows where he can take it from there. Again, it all starts in Georgia, man. If he can just lock down the state a little better than coaches have in the past, then, then that's what he's got to do. I mean, he didn't bat a thousand on the transfer portal. Colin Castleton from Michigan um, it turned into a, a good uh, big in the in the SEC. Um, you know, by the way, I want to say this is not going to be an entirely basketball podcast, but uh, we'll definitely hit up spring practice starting and and pro day and our observations of that kind of stuff on the back end after we have we have our interview with our guest coming up, but um. I, I was about to say that you know co- coaching changes at these two main programs at Georgia only happen every six or seven, eight, nine years, whatever. Uh, obviously, it, it football happened every fifteen with or fifteen years apart huh. with Rick and um, Tom Crean was four years, and I, no, I don't think we would have necessarily thought that would be that short a stint. Um, but clearly, this year was a disaster uh, in the one loss column and uh, certain you know internal team chemistry issues, uh, but. Hey, we're going to talk about Kirby Smart's team after we do this interview coming up right now uh, with Kevin Brockway. All right, joining us now to talk about the Mike White hire, uh, give us a little bit of perspective on what George is getting as a coach is Kevin Brockway, who covered Florida basketball uh, at their highest moments, winning two national titles under Billy Donovan and then the first three seasons of the Mike White era. Now covers uh, Indiana, the Big Ten, and other statewide sports for CNHI Sports Indiana. And uh, Kevin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Mark. It's uh, good to reconnect with uh, some of... uh and a fellow SEC brethren from back in the day. Now, before we talk talk about Mike White, explain your travel schedule in the last 48 hours because we need to thank you for carving out some time. Uh, you're covering the NCAA tournament, and you're, you've already covered a game, and you're about to cover another, right? Yes, I was in the first four in Dayton on Tuesday and then had to... Uh you know, uh, call about two hours overnight uh, to catch a flight to Indianapolis to get to Portland, uh, Oregon, uh, you know, travel across three time zones to get to, uh, you know, today's game where they are playing St. Mary's tonight. Uh, and uh, the Indiana men's team had it pretty bad, too, because uh, their charter flight, which was supposed to take off at Dayton at about 
1 a.m. on Tuesday. I had some issues. They didn't take off till 4 a.m. and didn't get in until 7 a.m. Pacific time yesterday. So they're a pretty tired bunch, but they're an excited bunch. Uh, another opportunity for them is 12 seed against uh, 5 seed uh, St. Mary out here in the Northwest. Kevin, what, what was your reaction when you heard Mike White was going to Georgia? I was surprised uh, because of the fact that uh, it's a ver- it's a hard job. I think it's a harder job than Florida. I think we can both agree on that in terms of, uh, you know, you saw what happened to Tom Crean uh, there. Um, you know, Mark Fox before him, I thought, had some pockets of success. But it's a hard job to sustain high-level basketball success which um, always has been a little puzzling to me because you're near Atlanta, a great metro area filled with high school basketball talent. But I think, Mark, it's also an area that probably gets poached by a lot of programs. Um, And you see what Bruce Pearl has done in uh, Auburn and the inroads that he's made in that Georgia area. Kentucky uh, traditionally has recruited very well there. You know, Florida has got up there from time to time. I I think that's going to be the key for Mike is really – establishing those relationships and getting those best players from uh, Atlanta to come to Georgia, which, uh, as you know, has a great football tradition. Their football program is rolling under Kirby Smart. Uh, but basketball-wise, it's uh, it's been pretty hard since the Dominique Wilkins era. Now, Kevin, uh, you know, maybe maybe Mike White was seeking other opportunities. Who knows? You know, how hard is the fan base uh, down there? And, and, you know, obviously the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> the expectations were, were high under, you know, under the next coach following Billy Donovan. So uh, how hard was that, do you think, for him to navigate? Yeah, I think it was tremendously difficult. And I do think that, uh, you know, there was some really success. His second year, he got a team to the Elite Eight, the Chris Chioza shot. Um, but it seemed the further and further that uh, Mike distanced from Billy Donovan's players. And uh, I think there was an issue, too, with Mike in his tenure um, in terms of you know player retention. It just seemed like the last couple of years he was really flipping over his roster every year. He had Andrew Nemhard, who was a tremendously talented point guard that left after two years. That raised a red flag to me in terms of, you know, why are guys leaving the program? I thought Nemhard was a guy that you could really build around. And then he goes to Gonzaga now and, you know, help lead Gonzaga to a Final Four and could help lead into another one. Um, so I think that was a concern. Noah Locke left for Louisville. It seemed like that there was a revolving door in the program the last few years where he kind of fell in love with the transfer portal. And I think the transfer portal is great to sprinkle in players, but when you're constantly changing your, your, your roster every year with it, um, I think it presented some problems. And, and he had some good transfer portal hits of late. I think, you know, Colin Castleton, you can agree, from Michigan, Anthony DeRuji. Uh, but there were also some misses, too. It's kind of a risky uh, proposition when you go into the transfer portal. And I, I think that was a big issue for Mike his last couple of years. Uh, early on, you know, with Chris Chios and Devin Robinson, they had that really nice uh, Elite Eight run, and, and they did bring in Kenyon Barry, Rick Barry, some too, Justin Leon. They had a good mix of guys. But um, I don't think you'll find a better person than Mike White. I mean, he's a great ambassador for your program. I think the question is, um, offensively, there's there were some issues too, I think, at Florida in terms of, uh, you know, execution and uh, scoring on a consistent basis. How would you describe his personality in terms of being able to connect with uh, people in their homes uh, now that the, the COVID uh, restrictions have uh, are no longer in place for recruiting and making inroads in the state of Georgia? Uh, obviously has ties to the SEC with not only seven seasons at Florida, but his uh, playing days at Ole Miss. But um, do you think he's going to need uh, some, you know, alpha dog recruiters um, on his staff or, or can he make that sell himself? You know, I think 
think he did a good job in terms of, uh, you know, assistant coaches and recruiting, and he's already created a little pipeline. I mean, Jordan Mincy did a really nice job his first year at uh, Jacksonville, um, and Darius Nichols is at, uh, is at uh, Radford, I believe. Um, Dusty May is at Florida Atlantic. So he's had some assistants, I think, early on that did a really nice job in recruiting, and they went on and found other jobs. I'm not as familiar with his current assistants or, you know, maybe who he's brought with him or who he plans to bring with him to Georgia. I do know that they had a pretty good recruiting class at Florida coming in under him uh, for the following year. So it'll be, it, it'll be interesting to see if some of those recruits maybe follow him to Georgia instead of stay at Florida. Um, Kawasi Reeves, as you know, he plucked from Macon. Uh, who's a, a very talented player in the state of Georgia, decided to go to Florida. So I think he's got some recruiting ability. He's got some ability to connect. Uh, he kind of uh, you know prides himself on uh, kind of building a, a family atmosphere, a family program, and um, I'm sure that's what he's going to try to do with Georgia. How much do you think uh, the you know the the heart situation with the the player that we had discussed uh, earlier did that really hurt the program you know maybe um, you know didn't have that that leadership that they had kind of kind of counted on you know for this uh, past two seasons? Well, not just the leadership, but just the pure talent. I mean, don't forget Keontae Johnson was preseason SEC Player of the Year for a reason. He was really on the come in terms of his skill set and his development. Um, had he been there last year with Colin Castleton, you know, maybe they make a deeper run. And, and they had Trey, Trey Mann and Scotty Lewis last year, two NBA players. Um, in particular, uh, Trey Mann is doing a really nice job with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, so, again, you know, they've, they, they did get some recruits. They got some talented guys. It was just something was missing um, – I think more in the X's and O's coaching a little bit in terms of, you know, offensively deploying him. And he had a tough act to follow on Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan is an offensive savant. I mean, and, and he's showing that right now with the Chicago Bulls in the NBA and showed that with the Thunder in terms of, uh, you know, his motion offense and his ability. But Mike White's offense was at, at times very stagnant. He's an, he's an excellent defensive coach. Uh, but offensively, um, you know, there's some questions as far as, uh, you know, uh, his just just the general scheme, like how how hard it is, you know, to get baskets. Um, I think was an issue in, in Gainesville in terms of the fans uh, watching the product that was on the floor. So put on your your uh, crystal ball, I guess, or, or take a look in your crystal ball, and and what does Georgia basketball look like? Let's let's use the four year window because that's how long Tom Crean got. Um, you know, does Mike White lead Georgia to a NCAA tournament in those four years? You think? Yeah, I think he'll get them competitive. I think it'll be by year three and year four. You could see a team that's, uh, you know, um, in the NIT to begin with and then maybe knocking on the door um, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I, I think it will be fascinating now that you're seeing guys like Will Wade out of the league, right? You know, um, the, the, there were some things that went on, uh, certainly in recruiting in the SEC that uh, maybe is, is, is going to be cleaned up now um, in terms of uh, creating an, a more even uh, playing field for talent. And, and I think NIL will factor into that too. And if Georgia is savvy with NIL, uh, maybe they'll get some players as well. I just know, and Mark, you probably know this too, it's just a hard place to recruit you in basketball for whatever reason. Um, so it starts with getting those quality players um, and, and Mike is, is pretty good at identifying some guys under the radar, too, um, that can develop into uh, very good basketball players. But uh, it's going to take, I think, a little while 
uh, with what Top Green left them. I mean, that six and twenty-two team uh, to uh, to build it up. Well, you mentioned he relied on the uh, transfer portal maybe a little too much, but isn't that what it's going to take when he first comes in, that he's going to have to really pick the market pretty good to make some sort of competitive team uh, from the start? I think I think so. I think it has to be a mix. You know, I, I do think you have to get high school kids that you can develop, too. It can't just be all transfer portal guys. It has to be guys that, you know, you can bring in as well and you can, you know, have them stay one, two, three years. Because basketball, let's face it, it's it's still a game. It's still a team game. It's a chemistry game. It's a cohesion game. And I think when you flip over the roster every year like that, um, it's tremendously hard. Now, Bruce Pearl at Auburn, you know, he's he's probably done it pretty well, and he, you know, have has some ultra talented players. But if you're going to have players that you recruit to Georgia. I think you have to go more the development route um, in terms of, uh, you know, that kind of scenario because it's just really hard unless you have those alpha players and those, you know, top 10, uh, top 20 national recruits to really build it uh, that quickly if you're bringing in transfers every year. Kevin, last thing, uh, covering Indiana, how how is Tom Crean remembered there? I I feel like maybe more fondly than he'll be remembered at Georgia because, uh, you know, they went through a rough spell, I guess, after he left uh, to a certain extent. And obviously now uh, they're kind of back where where they feel like they they belong in the tournament. But um, do you have any sense of that? Most of the things I hear about Tom Crean was why couldn't he figure out the zone against Syracuse and the NCAA Uh They still hold him against them for that. Um, and I think with Tom, Tom's issue with Indiana, I heard, was um, he alienated some high school coaches in the state. Uh, but he recruited very well nationally. I mean, you look at guys like Victor Oladipo, uh, you know, was was tremendous for him. Um, and, and I think he's remembered. I think it's an up and down remembrance. I, I think, you know, the issue with Tom, too, was Indiana fans like to see hard-nosed defensive basketball. And I think under Tom, it was more of a kind of a racehorse style. They scored a lot, but they didn't, you know, grind down and play really good and get stops when they needed it. Sounds and, familiar. Uh, so. I think that's kind of the mixed bag remembrances with uh, with Tom Crean, but um, I think they thought that they were getting someone in Archie Miller that was going to take him to another level, and uh, he took him to another level downward. <laughs> so uh, now uh, they're trying to rebuild with uh, Mike Woodson, who was a former you know player, uh, NBA coach, uh, a guy that Hoosier Nation loved because he's one of their own, and he's had a pretty decent first season in terms of you know getting to the to, to the tournament and. Uh, making them more competitive. They finally beat their rival Purdue for the first time in, uh, uh, you know, eight tries over four years. So there's a, a little bit of an upswing this season and a little bit of optimism uh, for the future that Mike Woodson's really going to get this turned around. Kevin, we appreciate you joining us, talking Mike White, and uh, enjoy the tournament, enjoy Portland, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, see you down the road. Yeah, I wish Mike well. I mean, personally, uh, to deal with, he was one of the really – uh, good people, great people. Uh, you're not going to find a more approachable coach and a coach that, that's really going to – you'll have a chance to build a relationship with because I think he's, uh, he's, he's a good person and he's a family guy, and I think he's hoping that, uh, you know, this stop uh, things can go a little bit better than they, they did towards the end in Gainesville. All right, thanks again. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, we thank uh, Kevin Brockway for, um, uh, for joining us, for talking about the new Bulldogs men's basketball coach, Mike White. Let's uh, 
go right now to Georgia football. Ryan, what, what was your biggest takeaways from Kirby's presser on Tuesday as Georgia turns the page to spring football practice? Was it uh, no Darnell Washington uh, available this spring? Yeah, well, you know, when they always say that lower leg injury, what is that? You know, that always makes you. Is that a? Is, I mean, I know where your lower leg is. Well, I guess lower leg lower leg would prop your leg lower up. Lower leg would be me. would be below your knee, would it yeah, not? I got that. So, so it's so, either it's either an ankle, uh-huh. it's a foot, it could be a, a turf toe injury. Well, you wonder, you know, did he break his leg? Is, is that a part of that'd it? That would be yeah. the that be the whole leg, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, no, that'd be, it'd be your lower leg, tibia, fibula, right? Is that my? Is oh. My, so anyway, Ooh, you would just put a scare around the. Uh, I know. Well, you always just uh, you wonder when they're kind of vague in that type of stuff. Would you expect a bunch of transparency out, out of the, the coach? Of course. No, not going to happen. That, <laughs> did they win a national championship with the same, uh, you know, kind yeah. of keeping it close to the vest? They did. Yeah. So the, they'll probably uh, keep that going as well. Yep. A, lot of, a lot of holes to fill. We saw the guys out at Wednesday at Pro Day. Uh, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Trayvon Walker, Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, Lewis Seen. There you go. Darian Kendrick. I mean, that's... That's an awful lot of talent that, and that's just the defensive guys. I know, golly, and they were. Yeah, I watched it. I know you were out there at pro day. I was watching on TV, and the SEC Network guys. I mean, just fawning. Now I haven't watched. The, I haven't over. watched the replay yet. Uh-huh. But was Stinchcomb like doing a comedy show yeah, it was the whole his time? Lot. I won't lie. I mean, he was. Uh, you know, he was interviewing folks, giving his perspective. But hey. then, you know, you know, while he's interviewing Jordan, he's asking if a hot dog's a sandwich and if. Uh, the cereal's a soup, which well, know, is that's stupid. I didn't know. I didn't even know that cereal soup thing was. A but thing. then you know he pulls Mike Tomlin over, and you know you're like, hey, it'd be cool to hear what he has to say. And basically he said, I saw that interview. Well, Jordan, yeah. Well, Jordan, da- well, you want Jordan Davis? And he's right. like, I think I'll be off the uh, board right. by then. Right. Okay, is cereal a soup? You know, I'm like, come on, man, ask him something harder. Hey, you know, let's not criticize Matt because I, I, I thought Matt. I thought um, Matt. maybe we'd reach out to him as a future guest. Because <laughs> I hear he does he does some good impressions. I want I want to maybe uh, yeah. Oh, Kirby, doesn't he do Kirby? That's like spot on. I don't know if it's spot yeah, on. I need, it's to, I need to hear good. it to find out if it's yeah, spot on again. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, Arik Gilbert is back and uh, at tight end, it seems, uh, because he was being talked about. He's a WR on the roster. Okay, what? Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, filling the gap for no Darnell, no Brock Bowers, who's out with the uh, labrum injury. Um well, you know, as we've learned that that WR means that uh, I mean tight end does mean that you know it could be a WR at any moment as we saw from Brock or we've seen from Darnell at times too. Yeah, I mean, it's modern college football. So Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Zion Logue met with the media for the first time. Uh, how big a role do you think he has? Um, obviously, Jalen Carter is kind of going to be the focal point from a defensive line perspective. I mean, does that mean that uh, Logue is uh, kind of your next guy up in terms of the face of the defensive line? And I don't think I think I don't know about the face. Or is it is it will it be a team effort? Oh, well, I think Jalen Carter is the face of the defensive line right now. And yeah, but I mean, Logue, I mean, he got in spot times last year, did he not? And uh, you know, you think about what Nazir Stackhouse too. Uh, you know, it probably will be a little bit of a team effort. But I mean, Jalen is now your Jordan Davis, and I've said it all along. I think nothing against Jordan, but I think Jalen's just as good, if not better, than Jordan Davis. And uh, to get him back for at least one more year, that is, you know, that is a big part of keeping that defense as dominant as it has been. And you can split Jalen Carter out at tight end on offense. 
Stetson Bennett, question, <laughs> questions or not, um, you know, there's really not, not much to ask me. He's going to be your starting quarterback, uh, certainly to start the season. I mean, he, I think he won a national title last time he played a game. Um, but Carson Beck or Brock Vandegrift, uh, that'll be interesting to see uh, who might be number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carson Beck was uh, George, George Pickens, I guess, handpicked QB for Pro Day yesterday and was very complimentary of Carson being able to, being able to sling it around. I know Ryan uh, covered Brock in high school locally. And uh, how do you see that thing shaping up? Well, I think we said either last week or the week before, it, it, I mean, you, you feel, judging on... on uh, maybe incoming uh, talent got out of high school that, that Brock Vandergriff would be your number two. Last year, we thought Carson was number two behind um, uh, Daniels. But, hey, what do we know? Guess who the uh, star is? It's uh, Stetson Bennett. So, yeah, that will be fun to watch to, uh, throughout spring and, and see which one of those two emerges as kind of the backup. And, hey, I'm not counting out that one of them could, you know, maybe Brock Vandergriff even move into the – a starting role at some point there uh, this season. Now, that would take some drastic measures. Maybe maybe Stetson regresses a lot or, you know, has a bad game or two, and then you got to think of other options. I, but. Th- I think the drastic measures would be if Georgia somehow is, uh, like, 4-2 and two and uh, there's somebody that's 6-0, right. and oh, uh, Georgia's a couple games behind the SEC East. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not really expecting it. Right. Well, um who else did Carson throw to yesterday, or was it just George? Um, don't know because we were doing interviews uh, while some of the, uh, you know, the yeah QBs were were throwing. I mean, they were. You th- certainly throwing to yeah. James Cook and Zamir White. Okay, yeah, I was wondering about. I that. mean, it's not like a bunch of John uh, John Fitzpatrick was there, but he wouldn't he wouldn't catch him passes because he's coming coming off Still some injured, yeah. foot injuries. Do you think it's because he can he doesn't throw it so accurate that it makes the receivers look good when they can reach up and to the side and <laughs> seems a little bit rude. seems a little bit rude I'm, I'm just kidding I mean also, but I did no it, I did see some what, pickings have to make some catches like it that. also might be an availability thing I mean yeah you know it's not like uh did JT Daniel say I'm not going to come out there and, and do that I mean well he's not in town that I, I don't think uh, yeah I've seen him he's supposed to be hitting up a lot of places here soon for his next stop um yeah it, Let's uh, let's move on to this question. Mm-hmm. How do you think Georgia's dealing with uh, being the national champions and moving on to spring ball? Do you think that's a hard thing to kind of grind, uh, you know, with the same energy and hunger that you had last year? No, like I said before, I feel like every you know every person it comes down to making it to the pros. It, it comes down to making it to you know individually for your family and whatnot to the pros. So. I mean, if I'm a, you know, a uh, linebacker or a, uh, a you know, say a Sherman or, a, you know, a, a defense tackle like uh, like uh, Zion Logue, I'm coming in thinking, hey, I've got to prove myself now. I've got to hold the standard of those guys before me, and I want to make it to the league, you know. I want to make money. So you're doing it as a team but also individually to, to do your best and – you know, be a first-round pick. Work your way up to that and and get paid. So I don't think there's – I think when it comes down to it, there's always an individual mindset that you want to be the best you can, and then that would translate over to the team. And I think – I don't think there's going to be any drop-off of any kind. All right, let's let's hit, hit up some pro day takeaways. Nicobe Dean did not run yesterday, and he was kind of the one guy that I think the scouts uh, – he, he didn't, didn't run an indie either, right? Right, right, right. So he, he had a uh, – uh, 
an injury from weightlifting, uh, getting ready for the combine. And um, so he didn't go yesterday. Now, look, this guy has, has terrific tape. Um, but I still think they want a number because they plug it into whatever formula that they look at, um, you know, with the guy's height and weight. And they look at, I'm sure they look at GPS numbers if they can access that. They, I'm sure they look at, um, you know, just game speed from, from viewing the film. But, um, you know, maybe he'll, he'll be able to, um, I don't know if he's going to do a personal pro day just to do that or, or run a 40 at some of these interviews, these team interviews that they do. Um, but, it's a, you know he's not a guy that you know oh should he be a third round or fourth round pick I mean this is I mean I don't think it necessarily drops him out of the first round or anything like that whether he runs or not I mean and, and it's a legit excuse um, so it's a strained pictorial um, I guess when you're a first round pick most likely I mean I've seen him from 18 to like 24 I feel like on, on most mock draft boards is I mean are they worried that he would get out there and run a four seven eight or something and 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 not, you know, and drop a good bit. But, I mean, I feel like if you just turn on tape of that Michigan game, right, when he read that, what was it, a, was it a pass out of the backfield to a running back that he went all the way across the field and tackled him for a loss? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's some speed there. That is fast. Yeah. Or the, the pick uh, six against Florida. Right, right, right. Nobody right. called him. <laughs> uh, Trevon Walker did some linebacker drills. Obviously, he's a freak athletically, so, um, you know, it can offer different uh, – throw him in different packages. Um, George Pickens, I thought, looked good. Um, I mean, I don't think I've ever been on a practice field watching him. We're usually not out there when it's like – uh, you know, 11 on 11 and, mm-hmm. and guys are, you know, maybe taking shots on, on a ball over the middle or, you know, they don't do that too much in practice, but he always looks good on the practice field. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I say on any field, <laughs> he's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 122 guys, I think uh, Kirby mentioned was the, was the record for, and, and there were four head coaches. You had Bill Belichick, Lovey Smith, the Cowboys coach, uh, that's McCarthy. And uh, who am I missing there? The Steelers. Yeah, yeah. We already talked about Mike Tomlin. Uh-huh. Um, after Pro Day, Ryan, uh, I know you saw Tom Crean eating pizza with Cowboys uh, head coach Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Former Falcons head coach Dan Quinn. Um, I thought that, where, that would where, have been where, a topic to ponder. Where, where'd they go? They went to Fully Loaded there, the old Waffle House on Middle oh, In Five Points? Yeah. Is that good? I haven't been there. I haven't been there either. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you think uh, they'd uh, just go across the street to Marker 7 or something. Do you think McCarthy had a hand in that? And he was like, I want a large pizza with potato skins on it or something. When was he the Packers coach? Is that how they know each other? Maybe, you know, Crean and uh, Crean was Maybe at, Mar- at, Marquette. at Marquette. I don't know. He was there for a while. Yeah. I, I feel know. like he was there for about 10 years or, or 12. Know. Hey, why didn't, uh, why didn't Crean's brother-in-law show up yesterday, the uh, coach of the Raiders? That's a good point. That is a good point. Uh, John, horrible. Uh, Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis told us they had uh, salads on uh, Tuesday night when they went out to dinner. Um because they had to do a weigh-in on uh, Wednesday. They didn't say where. I didn't get to ask that question. But, you know, that sounds like, okay, look, I'm going to have a salad. But, like, you know, if it's a taco salad (laughs) and you're eating a bunch of chips on top of there or uh, you got a bunch of gooey cheese on there, I mean, you know. You should ask what type of dressing. I know you were talking about, you know, is cereal a soup? Is salad a health food always? I mean, it always comes down to the dressing, right? I mean, if you just ate plain salad, you're you're getting all your veggies. But once you put that, you ever read the the measurements on the back of a salad dressing? I mean, it's like per tablespoon. You're like, whoa! I just put like twelve tablespoons of this uh, fattening ranch dressing on my salad. Tom Crane's been tweeting about going to the post office, going to Kroger, working out. He's and got a lot of Home Depot. Got a lot of time on his hands now. <laughs> uh, but will. Um, 
will he have a lifestyle like um, Dan Mullen, who uh, was fired at Florida? Uh, he tweeted last week about going to a Broadway show with his wife. I think they went to see Plaza Suite, which might be looked like he had like the playbill. It looked like maybe it was. Um, I need to Google this. It looked like maybe it was uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick. Uh, they married or they? Yeah, they're married, but they're also very uh, Broadway uh, centric. Most so, actors so, are. So maybe no. You think like Arnold is a Broadway guy and he an actor? Arnold Schwarzenegger? That's extreme. <laughs> you know, I was watching an interview with Jason Alexander the other day, a.k.a. Now he's, he's a Broadway yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a Broadway guy. Yeah. And you don't think of George Costanza being a Broadway guy, but that guy is a, uh, yeah, uh, big time Broadway. All right. So my question is, um, do you think in an off season uh, that maybe, uh, you know, Kirby and Mary Beth might, might head up to Broadway and then catch a show? Hey, look, I bet if, if Mary Beth talks Kirby into it, Kirby will be there. But I don't see Kirby just saying, hey, if, hey, honey, let's go see uh, if, Hamilton if, tomorrow. If Kirby was going to go see like a Broadway show, what would he want to see? Oh, it would be Hamilton, right? I mean, like you, you think that's the, the hit show, the, the it show, and probably the only one he knows on Broadway. I'll have to ask. Um, should I ask him at the press conference the next time we get him? I'd be a Lion King type of guy. I think he'd be um, something with like a little bit more of a like a, a war deal or a, you talking about Kirby? Yeah, or a um, or or maybe if like there's a like a Denzel Washington. You know. I could see him taking the kids to a to a, a Broadway, like oh, yeah, a like Beauty a, and the like, Beast yeah, or yeah. something like the like Lion King. Disney thing, yeah. Yeah. Good to know. We, we, hey, uh, cats. <laughs> all right. Before we get out, Georgia. Oh, actually, two things. Uh, the brackets, did you make your picks? Do you want to share your final four picks or your upsets? Yeah, I got it. Uh, so I got I got Arkansas beating Gonzaga. Arkansas. You got Arkansas going to the final four. Final four, baby. Amazing. Uh, you know, you got to pull some upsets. You can't just go chalk here. I, I kind of did go chalk. Okay, well, I went Arkansas, Baylor, Arizona. Who's in the bottom half there? Not Kansas. Yeah, Kansas, I think. And then I got Arizona and Baylor with Arizona winning. All right, I'm uh, pulling up my brackets here. Let me see if I can find this here. Um, I went close to chalk. Uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 here we go. Let's see if this is it. It's not, I don't think it's letting me work. Oh, here we go. All right, my final four. First, let me give you a couple upsets in the early rounds. Uh, hey, I got UAB going to the Sweet 16, which means they're going to beat Houston. They're going to beat Illinois. That's They're going to knock out a five and a four seed. And uh, Philip Pearson, the former Georgia coach under uh, Mark Fox, uh, he will take uh, help that team get to the uh, – to the Sweet 16. I also got Lola Chicago as a 10 seed getting... Uh, I had them winning the first round. Nope, nope. Got them going even further than that. Uh, but my, I get really chalky towards the end. I got uh, Justin Kyer in Arizona. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I thought about Justin Kyer as I filled out my bracket. That's not really why I picked him, but uh, I got Kentucky. Uh, oh, I guess I'm going to be p- picking all the old Bulldogs, right? Severe Wheeler. Uh, actually, that's the finals I got. That would be great, uh, quite a story, that those uh, the backcourt. And I got Kentucky winning it all. I got Gonzaga also in Arizona. So I got three number one seeds. I know. Go ahead. Take a shot at me. I was not bold. Uh, Did you have 5-12 upset? You got to have a 12-5 upset. Let me check. Let me, let me do I tell you, I only made one, and I've got – and it's funny. I do. I got New Mexico State over Connecticut. Yeah, I thought about that. And also, well, I mentioned UAB. That's a 12 seed too. Oh, are they? Yeah. I had uh, who? Hey, 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 I got 13 seed South Dakota State beating. Providence. Yeah, that seemed to be a hot pick. Uh, I, I picked Providence to the Sweet 16, um, but I picked uh, Richmond over Iowa. Right? I was like, Richmond's hot, man. They're rolling. And then everything I've seen is how Iowa is going to be the sleeper Final Four team. <laughs> Made me feel kind of bad. All right, let's do one more thing. Uh, Georgia women uh, in Dayton. Who's your Final Four bracket? Go. No, not in Dayton. Oh, oh. Uh, against Dayton. In Ames, Iowa. Who you got? Uh, 
I say anybody, you know, it's tricky that that first four because you're like, are they gonna come in tired, and not play well, or are they rolling, right. and then you get a VCU that goes. All right. The real question is this: the game's on ESPN News tomorrow night. Uh-huh. Do you have ESPN News? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's in my cable package. I didn't know you had cable. I didn't know if you were like a Roku guy. <laughs> well, I did buy ESPN Plus the other day, but mainly for golf. So I guess I get everything with that, right? Ryan will be covering the Masters. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know how we're going to – I guess we're not going to podcast that week unless you can – Hey, can you uh, – you can, remember the remember the, uh, the early days of the pandemic when we were each at our separate homes? So you could do that. Yeah. No, not doing that. In fact, uh, <laughs> all of April, I might be MIA. So uh, I don't know how many podcasts we're going to be able to do here in the next uh, month or so. We can do some pre-recorded podcasts where <laughs> we, we just interview Matt Stinchcomb and he can kind of... Uh, we'll debate for 30 minutes. He, uh, he can give us different sandwich voices. It's a hot dog list sandwich. There we go. All right, everyone, enjoy the uh, the March Madness, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Hopefully, uh, we'll focus a little bit more on Georgia football, but we want to hit up the uh, new men's basketball coach, and uh, see you guys later. Bye.